everybody. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of your favorite podcast, Fingers Crossed Pod. Hello. Hello. It's Tuesday, everyone. It's we are Tuesday. Back and on the mic. That means it's been one week since election day. But it feels like 1,000 years. It truly does. <laughs> now, before we get into any of the kerfuffle of the election, we just first of all wanted to say thank you to everyone so much who reached out about our kindness episode, uh, the Random Acts of Kindness. It was so heartwarming just to know how many people felt so touched by that and by hearing other people's acts of kindness and some people, you know, were saying how they felt inspired to go and, you know, continue the chain, pay it forward and um, do more acts of kindness. That's exactly, exactly what we wanted because we know that this time has just been so stressful and high tense, high tension and just crazy. So she wanted to say thank you for that. And we enjoyed making that so much and maybe we'll make it an annual thing or something like that. Or Or just other stories of people like Doing good things. heroic things, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just start off this way. Shall we do our lemons of the week and then transition into our fingers crossed slash what is good? My lemon of the week was waiting 5,000 years for Nevada to count their votes. And my (laughs) lemon of the week was... On the first night of election night when we all thought that Trump had a chance to be reelected again. Yeah, it was... uh, (laughs) That first night was really stressful. It was really tough for us because they first did the in-person votes and then, you know, we had to wait. And as the end of the week came around, you know, things started looking a lot better for Biden and it got better as the week went on. And I think we just got a lot more hope with each day. And um, it's crazy, though, having to wait that long. Like, I never in in my life have I, I mean, granted, I haven't been through like that many elections, but... Still, it was just crazy, and then feeling like one state held all the power. This this election, more so than others, I think because I'm older and maybe I'm a little more politically aware, has really opened my eyes to... How many counties there are in the country. Well, not just that, but how problematic the Electoral College is. The fact that in California they had hundreds of thousands more people voting than they've had in any other election. But it doesn't affect how much we affected the election because we're capped at 55 electoral votes. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, yeah, you can encourage everyone, go out and vote, go out and vote. But if you're not in a battleground state... I wouldn't say it's not as powerful, but it's, it's, you know, some states, your vote just carries more weight because of the distribution of the population. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and vote. I mean, voting is so important, but it's just, it's frustrating that when you do the breakdown of population, I did the math that a vote in Wyoming, even though Wyoming only gets three electoral votes, a vote in Wyoming has five times the weight of a California vote, even though California gets 55 electoral votes due to truly just due to population. So I just kind of had my eyes open to all of that and like learning more about the process. Yeah. Just like how it's not, you know, reflective of Right. Like, uh, the world doesn't actually revolve around Maricopa County, which you wouldn't think if you were watching TV. I, Christy and I were talking me. about that. We have heard the words Maricopa County, like, so many and, times. And um, what's the one in Pennsylvania? Allegheny? Allegheny County? <laughs> yeah, it just, it's been crazy, so. Clark County, also another yeah. key. Yeah, my your parents, my parents and County. my brother uh, live in Clark County, and they voted, and they were part of that blue wave, so Amazing. hooray for that. We love to see it. So, anyway, also something... I would like to talk about is the fact that all of us just got to know all of the news anchors so well in those five days of watching the election Marathon news coverage. news anchors. Yeah. We got to see the good, bad, the ugly, the tired, the yeah. not on air thinking they were not on, or on air thinking yeah, they truly. weren't on air. Every moment. So uh, DM us your favorite news anchor from 
the five days when you got to know oh my god we well. should make a buzzfeed quiz it's like what news anchor from the I'm election sure week are you exists. most like yeah i bet it's already are out you there. most compatible we should look with. it up and take the test honestly yeah um personality test part three this one is only about election <laughs> week news anchors <laughs> we just spent an hour talking about different election week news anchors yes but exactly. anyway so long story short this week has been so emotionally draining and so terrifying it's and been like a roller coaster honestly. and not i mean again it goes without saying like not just for the stress that we feel, you know, and the stress for how we feel for ourselves, like the stress for people who are more marginalized communities who like it matters so much more on like directly impacting, directly impacting. Yeah. Like how of, you feel yeah. safe in this world and existing and f- having a right to be who you are and love who you love and identify how you identify and like all those things. Like we don't even have a grasp on that, you know, so I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I very much feel the relief that our that we all felt and that we all experienced but i also don't i want to address that like you know the feelings i'm feeling don't even compare to this the right. fear and all that of of some other groups so um but it's just been it's been so much relief and we were just so grateful chrissy Teigen, she tweeted this thing that was like wow i feel like all of a sudden i've taken my bra off taken my shoes off and let out my hair extensions at the same time and i was <laughs> like that's we all just kind of had this collective sigh yeah it's and like that whole like over time your shoulders when they just like feel they've so been tense. in your ears for four years well good or, rhyme <laughs> yeah also a good rhyme or it's like what is it what, do you ever see those tweets where it's like reminder to unclench your teeth Oh, yeah. And you're just, like, subconsciously clenching your teeth together. And then yeah. you unclench and you're like, huh, relax. See, what I do subconsciously is I bite my lip. I, like, hold, like, a piece of lip between my teeth. And it sounds weird, but I hold, a, like, part <laughs> of my lip between my teeth and I'll, like, hold it there. And then I'll, I'll realize that I've been doing it and for, like, an like, hour. And, and I have to step back and let it go. And I'll have, like, these giant bite marks in my lip. Yeah, I stopped doing so that. So all of those feelings at once of a sigh of relief. <laughs> but I just, I feel, like, joyful. I feel inherently excited and just so positive about 2021 i just yeah and i realize it's not perfect there there is no such thing as the perfect candidate and i realize that there there are issues that still need to be it's not like all of a sudden all of our problems have gone away mm-hmm. like you know we have there's a long way to a go a lot of work to do and a lot of things that still need to be like actively addressed every day and worked on and i mean it seems like as of right now they're getting to work right away well i would also say on that note if you're in georgia make sure you're registered to vote and if you're 17 and you're turning 18 in the next couple of months, go and register to vote in the runoff election for Senate because that is also just as important. Super, super to important. Get Absolutely. Started, get things passed. The fact that Stacey Abrams, you mm-hmm. know, is getting way more people registered, especially young people and black people in Georgia. And like, honestly, they are the ones to credit for flipping Georgia. Well, we don't, don't know where it's going, but to getting it as blue as it's been in a very long time. So amazing progress. to see the progress and the hope and just... You know, even in Biden's uh, speech and Biden and Kamala's speech like that they gave out on um, Saturday night was just so amazing to hear those messages of unity and those messages of like peace and bringing people together. And like him saying, like, even if you didn't vote for me, I'm going to work really hard for you. It's not this divisive message we've been getting for so many years now. And, you know, especially the fact that he addressed, you know, all types of people and like, you know, gay, transgender, you know, black, white, you know, he just addressed so many groups. So I guess in short, that's my fingers crossed. (laughs) That they actually do a good job. (laughs) No, my fingers crossed is for 2021. Yeah. For, you know, this new... To feel a more sense of excitement and hope looking towards... And just... The future of our politics. Yeah, hope. Hope is, is so 
powerful to have that again and to feel like, you know, people we care about are going to be in a safer place. Yeah. And I just, it means so much. So that is my huge fingers crossed. And I feel like any lemons I have for the next few weeks, I'm going to take them in stride because yeah. we've got so much to be thankful for and so much to look forward to. And now Sierra can wear her favorite USA hat out in public and not feel ashamed <laughs> to true. be representing Donald Trump. <laughs> I have a, um, a corduroy ball cap that is my absolute favorite. I've had it for years and it says USA on it. I'll just say it was almost like when you shake a can of soda really hard and the pressure builds up so hard that you don't know how much pressure is actually in it until you open it and it explodes. I feel like that's what the day when the election was called was like, mm -hmm. because it was like we all knew that we would be so excited and relieved if Trump didn't get reelected. But until it actually happened, like in everyone just had this overwhelming sense of happiness and excitement and everyone was dancing in the streets like you didn't realize how much pressure had built up until it actually got released. Yeah. And it was unreal. Like, obviously, we're not that old, so we haven't seen many elections, but I don't think that's ever happened. In I mean, the entire country, well, not the entire country, but a lot of the country turned into a giant block party. Yeah. Like, it was just partying in the streets. And I was just so worried. I talked about this with uh, Sierra and Sophie. It was just that there's a lot, obviously, of polarization and animosity between different parties and people and the far side of either side in that no matter which way it went, I was worried that some sort of violence or some sort of like, you know, backlash would come back, but there really wasn't like there wasn't mm -hmm. any sort of, well, there might've been on a small scale, but we didn't hear of anything like huge it happening of like retaliation or like, you know, conspiracy theorists like coming and attacking people or anything like that. Like it seemed like a really like very pure day of happiness and just, joy and celebration and it was just very unique like I think I'm glad that we got to experience that and live through it because I think we'll always look back at that day and like oh I mean just I remember how unique and insane the energy and feeling of that was we're blasting the happiest songs and we were like shouting and screaming out the windows and, and honking like, at and honking and, and waving the streets like, and there were like signs. other people like standing on street corners waving signs and there's one guy you said who had bagpipes and it was oh, just yeah. everybody just they're the energy was just so joyous. It was mm -hmm. like, I haven't experienced some... It was like when your country wins the World Cup. The, just the pure, unadulterated joy. And mm -hmm. I feel like we... I haven't experienced much anything like that on a national scale before. Totally. So, like, us getting to experience that was huge. It was just like, especially after this year of pandemic isolation and being far from people, I think it was a really really powerful moment of just having all of this in common, like having the same feeling and reaction as so many different people just walking down the street. I think we we, ha we were very worried when we recorded last week's episode. We, we didn't know the outcome of the election and we didn't know it was going to happen. I was scared I was going to be recording this today with Christy and that we would be looking back to the unaware bliss of the week before, before yeah. things had happened. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like we can actually... <sighs> I just, Sigh it's relief. all just completely summed up in a giant exhale of relief. Yeah. So that is how we are feeling this week. Lemons and lemonade, again, just all about the election, everything to come. But the lemon, there's so much lemonade. We are yes. overflowing with lemonade. Like, come grab a cup, y'all, because we've got so <laughs> much lemonade. Grab a cup, grab a hydro flask, come fill up your water bottle. It's we like 7-Eleven when they do that day that's like, mm -hmm. we'll fill up whatever size you want. Yeah, and people July 11th. 
bring, well, that's free Slurpee day, but it's a second, oh. it's a different day. Oh, the bucket day? Where you can bring any size, anything, and you can fill it up. Ooh. Someone brought like a cowboy hat once. Anyway, this week we have an episode all about independence. So, wow, in the true spirit of America, independence. <laughs> all right, so to get into this week's topic, we're talking about all things independence which we know it's a pretty d-e-p-e-n-d-e-n-t do you know what that means she got her own house she got her own car two jobs working hard she's a bad broad i feel like it's just become a theme that every opportunity sierra works in a song whether it's her original song or not i can't help it it's i have music in my heart i think there's two types of people either you're one of those people who Every time you hear a specific word, it just makes you think of a song, you know, or you're a normal person, unlike us. (laughs) So by now, you guys have probably heard me talk about pros because I'm obsessed. It's the world's most personalized hair care, but I'm going to share a few updates on the products that I've been trying and how much I've been loving them. So I've been using pros. It's such a nice system because it's like a customized, take a quiz to get the real details about your hair that are just customized to you because everyone has such different hair types like it's not like dry skin or oily skin it's like your hair could be thin or curly or this color or color treated there's just a lot of customization so I took the quiz and got custom hair care that has purple conditioner in it because I have color treated hair and they ask such personal questions that I'd never been asked on a quiz like that before like my zip code and the environment and just different factors that I never considered in my hair care so I'm obsessed with mine they've provided over 1 million consultations for their in-depth hair quiz which is how I got started so it's very easy to do and then it'll give you exactly the formula made for you. Pros also has a review and refine feature so it lets you tweak your formulas and change anything like maybe if you have a change of address or your hair color or anything so Like me, I kind of just bounce around a lot. So I customized my hair care when I was in Los Angeles, but now if I'm going back to the East Coast, I can change it on the website and tweak it just so it's personal to what I need at that moment, which I love. So I've definitely noticed since using the purple conditioner that it helps the tone of my hair so much and keeping it nice and ashy, just how I like it, and it leaves it super soft too. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash fingers crossed. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash fingers crossed for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Anyway, so we were talking all things independence today, and there's so many different categories that we didn't even necessarily think about when we first wanted to do this episode. And obviously, independence, it just is very entwined in your 20s and your adult life in general. Mm -hmm. So we've probably touched on a lot of these things like here and there throughout other episodes that we've done in the past. And things yeah, maybe kind of touching on up. like things about getting jobs or like on our episode where we talked about, you know, moving to a new city. There's a lot of things involved with independence in that. But uh, we wanted to kind of focus in more on the concept of independence. What does that mean? And unlike, again, like Christy said, when we got a lot of questions that people sent us on the podcast Instagram, which if you don't follow is at, at fingers, fingers crossed pod. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people that wrote in about things we weren't necessarily expecting to get questions about, like things about like, Uh, independence in your eating habits, like healthy eating and meal prepping, or things about when you're dating in a relationship, how to maintain your independence while living with a boyfriend or girlfriend, like things that we didn't even necessarily 
consider, which is great because it's, it's awesome to have all these various categories to bring up as far as what does independence mean and how it looks so different to every different person. Yeah. And everyone has their own idea and own insecurities about what they feel like makes them independent or not. Like one person's idea of their, I've made it, I feel independent or I don't is super different than the next person. So we probably have our own differences, just the two of us, but we want to include your perspectives too. So that's why we did. First, we're gonna get into just definitions and reading different ideas of independence. Because again, like it's a broad word. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, but we wanted to just ask, we put a question box that just said, what are your definitions and assumptions of independence to you? So we're gonna read through some of them and just kind of like give a whole, overview of the whole topic and kind of how you guys and us view it before we get into our own experiences and advice and questions, etc. So are we ready? I'm ready. So first one is not relying on others to accomplish your own goals. Being self-sufficient, but aware enough to know we need to ask for help. That's a good one. Making your own appointments, doctor, <laughs> dentist, etc. Scary stuff. Financially supporting yourself and not asking permission for doing what you want. Having the self-awareness that you can do something on your own, but asking for help if you need it. Nice. Doing things for yourself and by yourself and being responsible enough to do the things that you need to on your own without someone telling you. <laughs> Somebody said, girl, she, got her, own own she got her own house, <laughs> her own car, two jobs, work hard, be a bad broad. That is a good definition, honestly. Not having to depend on anyone but myself to feel financially secure. Being able to decide and pursue your life and aspirations. Mm. Being able to wake up early and be on a schedule without outside help and handling your own finances. If any person were to up and leave you, you'd still be able to function as a human. <laughs> Very good. Being able to make a decision on your own without having to seek advice and help from others. Being able to eat in public alone without being insecure is an easy way to tell if you're independent. Very good indicator, I would say, too. It's interesting, though, because I think that goes a lot to, like, I mean, psychology and, like, getting therapisty on you here that, like, somebody could have, like, in the song, their own house, their own car, two jobs, but still be uncomfortable eating alone by, yeah. by themselves. So what is, you know, that goes to show that so often people um, assimilate financial independence and, like, having money and having things on your own that you got on your own to being independent. But if mentally or psychologically you are still dealing with struggles of validation and insecurity. Like, are you truly independent? But that's the whole thing about why it's relative is that everyone has their own ideas of it. Exactly. But yeah. I think that's, it's a very good talking point because someone can say like, oh, well, you know, if you're uncomfortable eating alone, then you're not truly independent. But someone else can say like, well, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think that, you know, I've worked really hard at two jobs to buy myself my own new car and I pay my- <laughs> And I'm a bad broad. <laughs> And I pay, you know, my own rent and my own bills, so I consider myself super independent, but I'm still working on my insecurity. Or there could be someone who, you know, backpacked for six months on their own in South America, but then went back to live with their parents and they didn't have a job yet or something. And one person could look at that and say, wow, I wish I had that kind of independence. But the person might feel really insecure about other aspects of their life where they don't feel as independent. So I think totally at the core here, it's really just your own personal expectations and your own insecurities is what you know makes you think whether you are or not independent mm -hmm. and it's hard i mean i feel like you don't necessarily look at other at least i don't and think like wow they're so independent or not dependent on other people but it's Sometimes. definitely something you think of yourself i feel like i 
Definitely do. I, you know, maybe it comes from my own insecurity that like I've seen other people and where they're at in their life and I've compared myself. I do that a lot and I'll compare Mm -hmm. myself and say like, oh, well, they have all these things and I'm not there yet. I'm 25 and, you know, they have this. They're so much more independent than me. You mean like job wise? Yeah, like where they're at in their job or like, you know, the fact that maybe they're in a nicer place or they're not renting anymore or that they you know, Mm -hmm. don't have as many bills. Like, I mean, I definitely have done that, but at the same time, you know, I've also caught myself being judgy. You know, I've caught myself, I don't know if you've ever done this, but like caught yourself judging somebody else for a lack of independence based on your own definition of it. Hmm. You know, based on my perceptions or, you know, judgments of what independence is that, you know, you see somebody else and you're like, you know, well, how could they be happy doing that? Or how could they, you know, be comfortable still completely relying on their parents for money for everything when they're 27? Like, how could they do that? And I'm like, well, that's not my life. You know, that I don't, it's not my place, but I have definitely caught myself making those judgments because I think maybe it comes from insecurity on my behalf or maybe deep down bits of jealousy, you Mm -hmm. know, that they don't struggle with things that I do. And I think what we want this conversation to be is not a, okay, well, let's sit together and make a strict definition of what independence is and we'll give you X, Y, and Z steps to get there. I think what we want to do with this episode is really just offer perspective and wherever you are in your life, wherever you, you know, versus where you think you should be, quote unquote, like finding independence and feeling that way, despite whatever steps you may feel you still need to take and just like owning your independence and finding ways to feel independent in other parts of your life that can kind of like balance that a little bit if you're not feeling it in some ways. Like I think a lot of people can really, especially this year with the pandemic and a lot of people's situations are completely different. You know, you might not have the job that you did at the beginning of the year and feel like you lost that sort of independence or you might be living back at home, something like that. I think a lot of people are struggling with independence, especially this year. So we wanted to talk about not here's where you should be and how to get there. We want to talk about like, here's where you are. Here's how you can make yourself feel better about it and like acknowledge where you can be independent and, you know, make the most of your situation now. Um, And not that independence 100% is always the goal either. Like life is a balance and it's good to have other people um, that you can rely on for things too and be able to ask for help. But it's, again, I think it's all balance. So um, those are some definitions. I thought it was really interesting to read through what you guys thought of independence, a lot of like financial independence, a lot of just being comfortable on your own. So we broke it down to a few categories, um, but we're just going to focus on some questions that you guys asked about each one. So before we get into that, I just wanted to um, piggyback onto what you said previously about that, you know, we're not here to you know, just give you our definition of independence and, you know, make everybody follow it. You know, that's not what we're here to do. But I do want to address that, you know, there are a lot of people at this stage in our life in our 20s that aren't necessarily happy with where they're at Mm -hmm. or that they wish that they, you know, they see independence as this goal, but they're not quite sure how to get there. And I think that there is something to be said for, you know, blooming where you're planted, so to say, and finding, you know, independence in new ways. But there's also something to be said for recognizing, like, where you want to be and, like, you know, taking a leap of faith and, like, you know, getting out of a situation that, you know, maybe not be serving you or, you know, doing things that are scary to, you know, get you to that place. Yeah. So I feel like it's definitely a balance because it's kind of like, you know, you want to encourage people to, you know, love themselves and accept where they're at and who they are, but also acknowledge that some people aren't happy with where they are, but aren't quite sure how to get to where they want to get. Yeah, it's about also doing those things that are in your control versus feeling an insecurity about 
being dependent when it might be out of your control at that moment too. Yeah. So. No, totally. It's a balance and we're going to do our best to address all of it. Independence is a journey and it's non-overnight process. It's not that you're going to wake up one day and be like, yep, I made it 100%. It's kind of like we've talked about in the past. One of those things where you see this goal in your head of what you think it is. And then once you get there, you still feel like, well, I still feel like I could do this more on my own. Or you see this other person who's doing it this way that you feel like you could do. Um, and I feel like both of us can say, like, I'm definitely more independent than I was when I was younger, but I still feel like there's aspects of my life where it's not like 100%. I've always been like a super independent person. Like I, you know, even from the time I was two years old, like hated when like my mom would try to put my clothes on me. I would like shout no and like want to put my clothes on myself, even mm -hmm. if I put my pants on backwards. You know, like that was very much the kind of person I was. And I think I've been like that my whole life. You know, and there's a lot of things as I've gotten older and had hindsight and, you know, reflected on, you know, the choices I've made and where I'm at and like the bumps along the way. But I think a lot of what I assimilate independence to be for me is fi financial independence is a big one. And then also being comfortable being alone. I think those are the two things, like when we were talking about this earlier, that like, you know, we uh, generally thought that those were kind of some of the things that like made sense for us. Mm -hmm. The um, two big umbrellas, yeah. I would say, are like financial independence and emotional independence. Yeah. But then there's other categories within that too. Because, for example, when I was in college um, and I was living with Sophie Christie and Marissa, I was pretty independent in the sense that I was you know, I was living at a house, you know, and I was going to school and I might lived a state away from my parents, you know, I wasn't seeing them very often. But even though I was like that much or pretty far away from my parents, and I was, you know, in school, you know, my parents were still helping me significantly with finances. And I also was really strict, like I would not want to even go to the mall by myself. Like I didn't, like I remember I had to go shopping for a dress for some event and I like couldn't find anyone to go with me. So I like didn't go. Do you think it was because you were like worried about what people would think of you seeing you alone or you were afraid of being alone or like what? I think I just felt it? lonely. I didn't enjoy tasks by myself. Like I would even ask people to like, we would plan and like go to the grocery store together. I, mem I may remember like we would not, like I have very few memories of, in college doing things by myself. Oh really? Yeah, I just, it wasn't me. And I think that I thought I was so independent, like, oh, I make my own choices and I wear what I want now. And I go to parties when I want, I study when I want, I go to bed when I want. And I thought that- Like all, the freedom of the schedule. Exactly, because I didn't have a lot of freedom of schedule. Um, in earlier chapters of my life, it was, you know, there's a lot more that was dictated by like living at home and going to high school and like waking up at a certain time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was you know, no one was going to make me get to class on time. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that kind of thing. So I was learning that kind of independence. And I think at that time I felt like, oh, I'm so independent. But then later, like, you know, when I, you know, graduated college, my first, I remember I kind of had this wake up call in my first couple months after graduating when I moved up to LA in my first LA apartment, because I didn't have my circle of college friends around me anymore. Just constantly there. Constantly yeah. around me. And I had to do stuff by myself and I hated it. And mm -hmm. I remember struggling and I talked to my mom about it and I like went through this and I was like, I don't, like, why am I so like embarrassed to do stuff by myself? Like, why do I hate, like, why do I feel this like weird dread of uncomfortability when I like have to go do things by myself? I was like, that, that shouldn't be that way. Like, I don't, I want to change that. Mm -hmm. And I think I really worked on that and I, 
I was able to just do it more and get more comfortable with it. And when I stopped being so hypersensitive that everyone is always thinking about me and looking at me and caring about my business, like that helped shift it for me because I was like, you know, people don't care as much about my life as I think that they do, like Mm -hmm. strangers. And also I was able to shift my perspective that when I do things by myself, I'm not alone. I'm hanging out with myself. I was able to kind of shift it to like, I'm my own friend. You are your own company. Yeah, I'm my own company. I'm my own friend. And like, you know, you have conversations in your head with yourself or you think about things or you ask yourself your own opinion on like dresses at the store. It's not like you're like with no one. You're just with yourself. Yeah. And I kind of was able to help shift that focus. And I think once I got to that place, I started feeling a lot more like really independent. And I don't mean independent like oh, like I can decide when I wake up and I can decide when I go to bed because those kind of decisions as far as maturity and responsibility, I figured that out in college because I don't necessarily think that responsibility is always equal to independence because I think you can be responsible but not always fully independent, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And I think there are, they do go hand in hand in some things, but so that was part one. And then I think, Part two was when I transitioned out of like a higher financial responsibility on my parents. Like I, after I graduated, you know, all through college, my parents helped me a lot with finances, you know, with things like rent and at our, at our house and things like that. And, you know. Which is a huge privilege that we're both very grateful for. Absolutely. Like we both have talked about that, you know, at length with each other and, you know, with our friends that like not. A lot of people don't get that. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have, you know, financial help. And it is really hard to see a lot of people around you having it when you don't. And, you know, I have some friends that didn't have that at all. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's been really hard for them when they're surrounded by, you know, people that did. Um, So I I think I felt that, too, that, like, there's – there was, like, a sense of, like, I shouldn't have this or, like, guilt almost. Like, I shouldn't – you know, have to accept help. I should be able to figure it out all on my own. And so it's kind of like uncomfortable to talk about like money on a podcast because everyone's situation is different. It's very personal. It's really personal. And like, I don't want to offend anyone or to hurt or make anyone feel bad about their own situation. If you didn't have help from your parents, like I, that's not my goal at all. And I would never want that. But it's also like, I don't know how to speak about any other situation. Yeah, We're talking about our experience than my own. And all experiences are valid and everyone has their own background and where they're coming from and again like some people I think both of us what we're getting at is that we both had a pretty gradual transition in financial independence yeah and it wasn't necessarily an overnight cut off I have to go from being 100% dependent on someone else to 100% dependent on me Mm -hmm. situation and I think like I can speak for me like I'm really grateful for that because when you do it in steps especially it makes it less scary and it's like easier like I remember um I first started making my own money when I was 14 I got a job and I've had jobs since then so I've always been able like since I was 14 I really sought that out because I wanted to be independent not that I thought I was going to start paying my parents rent at 14 in my situation but I really liked the idea of it and um I just started paying for my own stuff like my own spending money I never asked my parents for like spending money and I felt like that was independence to me, even though obviously they're still paying my bills and like a place to live and food often. Um, but then, you know, growing up, I always wanted to have some sort of income and that felt like even if it wasn't, you know, 
self-sufficient 100% of my life. Like it felt like that sort of independence to me. You don't even like sometimes people can take for granted the things that they're just given or grown up with. And looking back, like it is crazy how lucky we were in that we had like such supportive and like parents that were there for us and providing for us and everything. And even through college, like my parents paid for school but it, to me, it just like felt like, like I didn't feel the burden of that. And so I still kind of felt independent, even though I wasn't, you know, like mm -hmm. they're paying for my education, but I still felt like I had this sense of independence because I had like pocket money that I made when in reality, like that's not how it is. It's and not how And there's a lot of people who, you know, barely could afford college or not yeah. at all because they, you know, were working three jobs. The, the point of this conversation is not necessarily just to, uh, you know, go on a huge tangent about financial privilege, but it is intrinsically linked to financial independence yeah. <laughs> because some people do have the kind of thing where they wake up the day they turn 18 right. and they are completely cut off. And it's like, you figure it out yourself by, mm -hmm. and you know, that you can't tell someone like, oh, well, you should have a financially, uh, a transition between, you know, financial independence from your parents because yeah. a, a lot of people don't get that. You know, it's a lot easier to make. That's what I wanted to say about like, you know, independence or moving to a new city or any of those topics that we've talked about it's so much less terrifying to make a giant leap when you know you have a giant safety net right and both christy and i have a giant safety net and a lot of our friends do have safety nets and so it's easy to preach and say oh well i you know take this giant leap you know make the plunge move away from home like you know yeah, move independence to a new is city. easy like it's yeah, not that simple it's not that simple and you know again all we can talk about is our experience but we want to do our best to acknowledge that i do have friends that don't have the same situation as me and i do have you know i have had conversations with people that really opened my eyes to what other people in the world deal with and, yeah. and and experience so but for me now in conclusion um now that i feel like i can do anything on my own and i had quite a few experiences like i have one i can share later um in the on this episode um a moment that was really a turning point for me with being doing things on my own um but now that i feel comfortable that i could do anything on my own I could travel on my own. Not that I necessarily want to, because I, I don't know if I would necessarily have fun, but I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't feel embarrassed, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I can, you know, go to the store on my own, shop things on my own, um, anything like that. Like, and I didn't used to be able to. And then also budgeting myself, making my own decisions with my own money and having enough money to, you know, support living on my own and doing all that. I feel very independent. Yeah. That's so that's, good. that was a long story, but... That's kind of my experience with all of that. I don't think I've had a moment where I was like, I am independent now. Like, I don't think I've ever reached this thing where a milestone where I was like, this is it. I have made it with independence. And I think maybe that's just because it's been like super gradual for me. Um, You've also been making money, I feel like, longer than, than other people. Right. Like I was really lucky to have a job that paid a lot more in high school than like a minimum wage job. Um, so I was able to start saving up my own money. But again, I wasn't like paying, I didn't have the expenses, like living expenses. So it was a very, you know, lucky situation that I was able to make money and save it while I wasn't paying normal bills. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like it's important when you have a transition period like that, the luxury of that 
it's important to try and plan and if you can try budgeting because then you can plan ahead for when you know that you will be 100% on your own or when you know it's going to be tougher down the line for you. I wanted to ask you, was there ever a time when you felt uncomfortable doing things on your own or you felt embarrassed being alone in public? Has that Have you ever experienced that? I don't think so. I've just always been a really independent person and I don't... Like, I can't think back to but a But independent time. in the sense of, like, you don't mind doing things on your own. Because I know that that's no. such a buzzword that we're using right now. So right, like, right. No, I've never really felt that discomfort with, like, being on my own and doing things alone. And I think it's kind of all about your mindset. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but I think it's about... Like, you said you were embarrassed because you were worried about how other people would think of it. It was partially that, but it was also just kind of a... I don't even know how to put a finger on it. An unexplainable feeling like in the pit of my stomach, just like being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like feeling uncomfortable with my, like being alone. I and guess... I think a lot of that comes from not being comfortable with yourself or having insecurity or your own issues about yourself that you haven't worked yeah. through. So when you're alone with yourself, there's nothing to distract you from the reality of who you are. Well, I was going to say, I think it goes back to, I grew up in a really small town and so it was very safe and I was doing things alone a lot like when I was young that a lot of people might not because it might not be safe for a 10 year old kid to like walk downtown and just like go shopping on their own in a lot of places. But I just lived in a really small safe town. And so I just grew up constantly doing things on my own. Like I remember I got in trouble one time because I got too comfortable with my independence and I got off the school bus and I was really close to like the public bus stop. I was probably like six or seven at this point and I was like oh I'm gonna take the public bus downtown and go to the candy store and buy myself when you candy. were six or seven I was in elementary school I might have been like eight or nine but I went to the uh, middle school when I was 10 so it was probably like between six and eight I would say so um, you didn't get off at the bus stop you were supposed to yeah I got off the school bus at the bus stop well from there I was supposed to just walk home but I walked to the public bus stop and I didn't like tell my parents because I didn't have a phone and I was like oh that's okay they had like an office downtown so I was like maybe I'll just stop by their office and I didn't come home obviously I rode the public bus downtown and my dad starts freaking out because I didn't come home and they start like calling all their neighbors and they're like trying to figure out where I am and I'm, meanwhile I'm just like la -di -da, like going to the candy store and finally they found um like one of their employees had, they had a store downtown like saw me walking on the street was like christy they're looking everywhere for you and then they had to like call my parents my parents were like you can't just do that but to me it was like oh what's wrong with that oh like my it was God, just yeah, we were very me. different children like yeah. i would have been terrified yeah no i was not at all like i just grew up like always doing things on my own and but i guess never... i also grew up like in the middle of a city so yeah, you it's, know it's, it's very completely different. different like everyone it's a nature versus nurture thing like maybe some people are naturally more independent or it's like where you grew up and how you grew up and stuff. Or like um, at what age you started having to do things on your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not necessarily even afraid, but just like being uncomfortable or embarrassed or worrying what other people think of you. But I feel like that's not you so much. I feel like yeah. all the time I've known you, you've never really been one to be self-conscious. Right. I can't pinpoint it. It's, it's tough because like I feel like I can't necessarily give advice on this is how you do this necessarily because it's just like how I've always been mm -hmm. um but I think I heard something really good 
from um, Nick Vial. I listened to his podcast one time. <laughs> Sierra just rolled her eyes. Well, it's because he added me on Twitter once because, because I you called him out. I was her, I was just teasing him about his essential oil business, and he responded to me on Twitter and was like, "Actually, I'm a business owner." And well, I was, he is. I was he like, should "Sorry, stand Nick up to internet trolls like you, Sierra." Anyway, uh, so he was talking on a podcast one time, and he was talking about that sense of doing things alone, like going to a bar alone and just getting a drink, and how he figured it out. It's Honestly, I think being comfortable being alone is all about the story you tell yourself. Like if you tell yourself the story of everyone's looking at me, everyone's worried about me, I'm in danger, like you're going to psych yourself out of it. And that's just not the case, you know? But he gave this tip that I think is so smart for people who like when you first move somewhere new and you don't know anyone, you let yourself do things on your own because you're like, oh, well, I don't know anyone. Like I'm, it's fine if I'm on my own. Like I'm going to go meet new people at this bar, even though no one around there is going to know that story. You know, mm -hmm. they're not going to know that versus like you have 20 friends you could have asked, but you're just like alone, you know? Yeah. It's like you give yourself that grace because you know that it's like, quote unquote, okay. Versus why don't you have that same mindset when it's just like, you know, you want to go do something on your own another time. Like you can just pretend you could be like, well, I just moved to a new city and like, it's fine. You yeah. know, if you tell yourself it's fine, like you will start to believe it. You know, I had that that um, realization once in an airport bar. And so mm -hmm. if I was in a bar... Yeah, see, there's certain places yeah. where it's socially accepted to be alone. Totally. So you have to kind of just pretend and just go with it that somewhere where maybe you to yourself said, oh, it's not acceptable to eat at this restaurant alone. Like, why not? Also, sorry, I just thought of this. I cut you off. Um, but I had a sociology class in high school where he gave us the assignment for the whole semester. It was the first day of class. He gave us a whole list of things we had to do before the end of the semester. And a ton of them were doing things on your own. Going to a movie all by yourself and not telling anyone. Going and sitting down in a sit-down restaurant and getting a full meal all by yourself and not telling anyone and not reading a book and not like doing something like that, but just being comfortable on your own. And they had a lot of things like that. And we talked about it a lot in that class. And that gave me an interesting perspective about it too. Because it is something where it's like, why do I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, like why is this socially acceptable? And I think you just have to ask, like, like you're, you have to have a conversation with yourself and ask, why is this uncomfortable for me? Mm -hmm. And then kind of just change the story that you're telling yourself about this thing that you're doing alone mm -hmm. and why you're doing it. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. What That's was your okay. story? I was just going to say, um, when I was in the airport, that is a very interesting point. And it brings up other points that I have as well, but I'll get to those later. But I was in the airport. It was not even that long ago, maybe a year or two ago. And so, because I was over 21, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I went to... Um, I was early for, I know you're gonna think this is crazy that I was early, but, um, I was like two hours early for a flight. And so I was, there was a, I don't even remember what it was. It was just one of those like chain restaurants and it, they had like a bar. TGI Friday's bar in there. Honestly, it was of that caliber <laughs> and it had, it might even be like Ruby Tuesdays. I don't even know doesn't matter mm -hmm. but they had like a big long wraparound bar with single bar stools and they had a few tables but it was mostly like catered to like individuals and I remember thinking that I was like oh I've never had a drink at a bar before uh, a plane ride before mm -hmm. but people always do that they always like get a drink at, yeah, at the airport bar before going on their plane ride and I was like I'm two hours early I'm hungry I'm gonna go get a meal and a, a drink or a beer or something before my flight and I remember I sat down and I put my suitcase like at the little bar in front of me. Mm -hmm. It was just me and the bartender. I didn't feel embarrassed at all. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I did. I was like, this is fun. I like, felt that it was designed for that. Too. Yeah. I was like, I'm with all these other people that are by themselves. And also I'm having a chat with the bartender. Yeah. Like, you know, I talked to the person next to me, but I didn't feel embarrassed at all. I was like, this is so normal. 
And like you said, like that's because that's an environment where that's considered normal. But if it's a mindset thing and you bring that confidence to wherever you're going, Mm -hmm. like that, you know, you can be alone. You have every right to be there as much as someone who's with somebody else. Like you're kind of unstoppable. You're like, you're, you're impervious to embarrassment because you're like, I am doing what I want and I'm here and I'm, I don't care. And it's like, just put the airport mindset on anything you're doing and it's like nothing can hurt you yeah exactly and what's that eleanor roosevelt quote where she's like you no one can make, make you, you feel inferior, inferior without yes. your consent that's... no one can make you feel inferior without your consent that's what it is and that's kind of the same thought it's like it's not other people making you feel bad it's you telling yourself the story that they are thinking that of you mm-hmm. like that's not the reality of it and even if they are thinking that who cares? Like, mm-hmm. they're just a random person in a restaurant. You're not going to see them again. Like, yeah. what, what does it matter? Like, what is the ramifications of it on your life? Um, so I did that and I like went to a movie by myself. I actually do remember like that was the kind of thing where I was like, I would draw the line. Like, I can't do that. That's mm-hmm. so, not that it would be embarrassing, but I was just like, why would I do that? You know? It's just, it's not what's done. You know, well, you don't. It is though. In some, I think it's more common than. You, but maybe think. like in growing up, you never went to a movie yeah. by yourself, or you never heard of any of your friends going to a movie by yourself. You see it as a social activity versus it's right. really not a social activity because you're, you're not talking. There. You're just sitting there. Yeah, and I remember for my high school class, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And you could have easily just lied and like checked it off and wrote a little quip about, oh, this is how I felt doing this. But I wanted to do it. Like I wanted to challenge myself because that was something that was uncomfortable to me. And so I did it. And I sat through the movie and I was like, this was nice. Like, it was nice to just like sit and watch a movie on your own. And I was like, mm-hmm. why am I not? I mean, I was in high school, so it's not like I like had many chances. I don't know. But then years later, um, I went to a movie with my dad, actually. He was visiting me at college. And we went to a movie and I saw a girl who I knew from Chapman. And she just came in and sat and she was just like getting a ticket and she just sat by herself. And I said hi to her and I was like, you can go sit with us. She's like, oh no, I'm good. I'm just having a me day. And I was like, I respect that so much. And she was like totally confident in it. Like she wasn't like, you know, hunching over and like looking around and hoping no one would see her. Like she was totally like in her element, chilling because she wasn't worried about what the other people were thinking. Like it was just her. She just wanted to see a movie and that's cool. And Mm -hmm. I've done that since then. Like I've gone to movies alone. When I was in New York, I went to a couple movies alone. Also because like schedules don't add up. And I was like, who cares? This is a city of like 8 million people. I'm not going to see someone I know anyway. So yeah, I'm, um, there was one moment and then we'll get on to our next categories. Cause, but th- I think that this category is so important. important. I think it's so important to talk about because I don't necessarily feel like it's something people talk about with their friends often because you know, it can be embarrassing to admit it that like you feel as in your twenties, like I'm embarrassed to eat alone by myself. I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed to go to a movie by myself, but why? Like, that's what we have to, you know, talk about is getting to the root of it because a lot of people feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one specific instance for me in college or no, sorry, not in college. There was one specific instance for me in my first year out of college, when my first year in LA, when I was moving and living in my own apartment with my roommate. And I remember I had plans to do this like all day event with someone. I'd gotten these tickets to this thing. And the morning of that person canceled on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like, I'm so upset because I can't go now. I was like, this is like, I mean, we're going to drive to like a neighboring city. It was like 30 minutes away. It was like this whole day thing, you know, whole adventure. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't go now. But I was like, well, damn, like, I was so excited about this. And like, I was annoyed at the person, but whatever, like, they had, <laughs> bygones their, be bygones. They had their reasons. But then it kind of hit me. And I was like, no, I can still go. Yes. And so I went by myself 
And it was strange because I don't think I had as much fun as I would have had someone been with me, but I still got to do everything. I like went to, the, it was like a, an event where you like went to all these booths and checked out vendors and like did all these things. Oh, was it like and a holiday thing? It wasn't a holiday thing. It was, but it was just like a, but I still like, I went to all the different booths. I checked out all the vendors. Um, you know, there was a family friend who, you know, my dad knew who worked there. So I got to, you know, go into their office and see them and talk to them. And, um, I had got my nails painted at this like free manicures booth and like did all this <laughs> cool stuff. And I, you know, came home at the end of the day and I was like, you know what? Like, it wasn't how I expected it to go. And I didn't necessarily have the comfort of having someone else with me in a room where I didn't know anyone, but there were a lot of people there that went by themselves mm -hmm. just for the event. And there was a lot of people there that just didn't care what I was doing. Yeah. Like they just don't care that I'm by myself. I was just a patron at this event. And that was kind of a turning point for me because I was like, I was scared to do this. I was nervous. Like, you know, I didn't even want to have to be that kind of like, oh, looking for parking by myself and like walking to the event and like, uh, yeah. like, it was just like every detail that like having a friend with you takes away the uncomfortability of it, but it makes you have to spend time with yourself and acknowledge that your own company is enough. Yeah. And so that was a cool turning point for me. And then I just, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way to make myself do this more. Good. And make myself do this more often and like do more things by myself. And then, you know, a couple years ago, I had movie plans with a friend. They couldn't make it last minute. I still went to that same movie and I sat in the back by myself and I got a popcorn and I had, a, I had a Take yourself on a date. <laughs> time. I really did. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's definitely, I think the thought of doing something alone is scarier than the actual act of doing it in a lot of mm -hmm. instances like you work it up in your head to be this whole ordeal and then you get there and you're like what was I even worried about kind mm -hmm. of thing so it's definitely about the story you tell yourself um, but along with that besides just confidence in going places alone um, in the whole spectrum of being self-sufficient is also taking initiative to do things that you need to do and your responsibilities and like the uh, quote unquote adulting. We both don't really like that word, but there's not a better word. Cause everyone it's like those knows. those stupid t-shirts that are like, I hate adulting or I can't adult <laughs> I can't today. Adult yeah. Um, but it's one of those words where everyone knows the connotation of it. It's like the doctor's appointments, the nitty gritty of booking appointments for yourself, you know, getting yourself up to work and doing your laundry and paying the bills and those kind of things. Yeah, and like, you know, being responsible for car maintenance and managing a budget and taking and, your pets to the vet and things like that you know cleaning up spills and trash and you know cleaning your apartment and you know taking care of yourself just all the things that the ugly side of being independent that you don't dream about when you're dreaming of your yes, independence not the like girl boss black suits black coffee downtown new york yes like not that kind of independent but like you know that was the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> kidding i said um, girl boss but like when you think of independent i picture this like badass woman in like a black suit like walking in heels like down like you know broadway and like she's a total with badass a black coffee. but you don't think about the fact that she like you know cleans hasn't a, booked her dentist appointment that yeah she's been like putting has, off for five years you know has Me. to deal with you know phone calls and you know all those things anyway so it's it's the, the non-girl boss but the more real life side of being independent and so some of the things that, you know, we got questions about on that were like, you know, 
how to feel comfortable, but you know, booking your own doctor's appointments or, you know. Why is that such a point of like contention with everyone? Like no one likes booking their own doctor's appointments. And it seems like it'd be such a simple thing, but it is like so annoying. Like we were talking about just yesterday, both me and Sierra, we haven't been to the dentist recently because both of our parents moved and we have been going to the same dentist that was like in their hometown mm-hmm. that we would visit when we visited them at home. And both of our parents don't live there anymore. And so we need to, this should be our push to ourselves. Well, you already have taken the steps, I guess. This is a push to me. I'm talking to me, preaching to my own choir. Um, I have a dentist appointment in December schedule. Right. But it is your friend who's giving you a friend and family discount. So that Because she's a dental student at UCLA. And she's very qualified. I'm, no, I respect that. But I'm saying for me, I still have not found my own dentist. But it's things like, for me, that was like, when I had to find my own medical insurance. Yeah. Like, that was a stress. Like, both of us have been through that. We are, you know, independent contractor type people that are not... We just don't have it through an employer. Like, if you're self-employed, you have to get your own insurance and such. Or so, if you work part-time. Yeah, Because okay. with... Di- like, I work for Disney in my restaurant part-time. But when you work part-time, you don't get insurance. Right. So, any of those situations and having to do that. And even though we're both under 26, it just didn't work with our parents' insurance. At least, I don't need to get into the nitty-gritty of that. But it's things like that where it's like oh my God, why do I have to do this? It's so annoying, but it's like, that's life. And that's a part of being independent too, is just finally, instead of waiting for someone to like shove it in your face, but just taking the initiative and just getting it done. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of things about that, like adulting that feel overwhelming. And uh, even just things like figuring out, like meal prepping or like how you, like the kinds of foods you want to eat that are healthy. Because, you know, I feel like in our younger years, we did, you know, a lot of eating takeout, a lot of getting, you know, chips and like not super healthy eating. And not that you have to, you know, eat kale every day to be a responsible adult that's independent. But, you know, there becomes a point where you want to build healthy habits and part of taking care of your body and things, you know, with hygiene and, you know, cleaning your apartment. Just like there's so many things that I feel like are part of the responsibility of, you know, growing up and realizing that you are worth it Mm -hmm. and like you're worth you taking care of yourself in that way. Okay. A big part of that when you're kind of getting into being independent and in that maybe transitional period of your life is the instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And I think growing up is accepting that you have to do things for delayed gratification more. Like you were saying, when you first got to college and you could eat whatever you want and you would get like five cookies at the calf or whatever, or you could go out to eat late at night with your friends because you could and because it was fun. And no one's telling you not to. Yeah, it's that instant gratification that's exciting. But then when you're actually trying to, you know, balance that later on and you're like, okay, I can't do this forever. This is not sustainable. I also need to balance it with things that are going to make me feel good in the long run. That's where you have to really... That's where maturity takes, you know, priority of delayed gratification and knowing Mm -hmm. like I'm doing this for me today. I'm cleaning the house today because I know it'll help me tomorrow. And it's kind of like another not so glamorous part of it. But that's, I think, a point where you know that you feel more independent, or at least for me, is when you're doing these things for you and not because someone's telling you or not because you feel like you should, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but because you have learned and you know that that's what's going to make you the happiest and the best version of you in the long run, you know, it's all about balancing. Taking care of yourself in the long run matters. Definitely. You know, preserving an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And another thing that I have come to realize, and this is really simple, and I don't don't even even call this advice because it's just a duh. It's like, just do it. Like some, like there was something that I read that was like- Sierra just passed a Nike billboard one day. She's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just, 
buck up, sit down and do it. Like there are things that like, we're like, oh, I don't want to call the doctor. Or, Ugh, I don't want to sort through my insurance paperwork or oh, I have this pile of, you just put it off. I have this pile off. of mail that's been sitting on my counter for 10 weeks. And I'm like, you just, it'll take you 11 minutes to do something that you've been putting off for months. Right. Just and then you'll sit, feel stupid for putting it off. Just sit down and do it. Like, it's so easy to get distracted and say, oh, well, I'm going to clean my bathroom first. I'm going to make my bed first. I'm going to make some food first. I'm going to literally do anything on the planet before this thing I've been dreading that will take me literally 15 minutes. Just sit down and do it. And once you do it, you're like, oh, it's not that hard. This is me telling myself I need to actually find a dentist. <laughs> but not just a dentist. I mean, literally, I mean, anything that like feels annoying, like, you know, cleaning your apartment or like uh, sorting through mail. Like I'm a big bad one with mail. Like I'll let mail sit for a long time mm. and then I'll like go through it all at once, like in a big chunk. But I'm like, if it would just, if I see a letter come in that I know is like from insurance or it's a bill or something, like just sit down and open it and deal with it. Like, right. and I know some of you guys may be listening to this and being like, duh, duh. <laughs> or you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, yeah. So that's just my advice with those little things that are like, and that's outside of the comfortability because it does get easier with time, like, you know, doing all these adulting things, but just sit down and do it and realize it's really going to take you about 10 minutes. Yeah, for sure. So we have a couple other categories that we want to talk about. We talked a lot about financial independence. Are you, you're proud of your financial independence and you're proud of like what you've built for yourself and that you don't need to rely on other people. I think it helps other things fall into place because it does help your mindset that like, Oh, I, I've got this myself. Right. You know, something that one one of our listeners wrote us, which was, uh, if anyone in your life were to up and leave, you would be okay. Yeah. And you know, I doesn't think I don't think that means like, oh, you couldn't be devastated if something were to happen to someone you care about. That's right. not that's not what they're saying. But they're saying if anyone were to up and leave, you would be okay. That your existence, happiness, sense of self, or you know, financial you stability, can do your taxes. <laughs> yeah, you can figure out life by yourself. You can be okay. You can be your own best friend and you can take care of yourself. Yeah, um, totally. Another thing that we wanted to talk about is uh, living situations because a lot of people still live at home or live with their parents or are in co-living situations with roommates or, or whatever it is. But um, a lot of people wanted to know, like, how do you still feel independent while living at home or how to work up the courage or the whatever the sense confidence. is, the confidence to move out from living at home. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that, Christy? Well, I think it's tough because again, we had the luxury of having the transition of going to college where it felt independent, but wasn't really fully, you know? Mm -hmm. And I Independence think, of living, but not of finances. Right. And to me, when I moved out for college, it wasn't really a, oh, this is just for four years and then I'll be back home. It was yeah. like a, I'm out for good. I don't, I don't know where I'm going to end up after that, but I'm not going back home. That was my mindset. Not me, that that's like right or wrong, but... I was the same way though. Yeah, I was that's very just much like, like how we is, thought of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's definitely hard when you're trying to gear up. I think honestly, it's one of those things where it seems daunting and you want to try and prepare yourself and you can to an extent but it is one of those things where it's like if you're waiting until you feel ready you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life and yep, at some 100%. point you just have to take a leap and you have to just trust in your own ability in your own you know know-how and have the confidence in yourself fake it till you make it if you have to in some instances but you just have to do it and then you will kind of learn along the way too because it is just something like moving out for the first time like there, it's not an experience you've had before. Like there's not, you know, you can ask people's advice and you can, you know, talk to people and get their stories. 
but to an extent, like, you're not going to know until you do it. Like, there's mm-hmm. not a comparable, you know, when you've lived one place your whole life and then suddenly you're changing it. Like, it's just different. This question makes me think of, because I've talked about this with my own friends in my life, is it's never going to be perfect any one way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be pros and cons to living at home. There will be pros and cons to moving out. And there's never going to be a perfect place for you, no matter what. Like, there's always going to be... You know, yeah, you're living at home and a pro is you're saving all your money and you're paying no expensive, but a con is, you know, maybe it's more constrictive and maybe there are more rules or maybe you don't feel like you can make your own decisions or your parents still treat you like a child. Or you feel like you owe them more information about what you're doing in your life and everything. Or you can't just come and go as you please, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, so that's a con. Or, you know, moving out on your own, you don't know anyone. It's scary. You have to live with roommates who you have to be more professional with and can't necessarily be as candid as you would with your family. Maybe at first. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm saying at first. When you're moving out with people you don't know, that's a con. But a pro is you can make all your own choices. You can, you know, budget, decide things for yourself. You know, you can have the privacy of how you spend your time, you know, like, and, you know, date freely and have, you know, guys or girls over, you know, like Mm -hmm. things that you wouldn't necessarily have with your family. So there's always going to be pros and cons, but you have to decide for yourself what is going to outweigh what and what is more important to you. You know, for me, I think there was a point in my life where my uh, privacy and independence and living alone or living, you know, outside of my family was more important to me than more financial comfort. Like mm-hmm. I would rather, you know, spend more money than live at home. That was me. But for somebody else, that might be different. Yeah. Like one of our friends wrote in and said that while she was like living on campus and away from her family and doing all these other things, um, she didn't feel as independent, but then when she moved home, but then she got her own job. Like a big doing, girl job, quote unquote. Yeah, she felt more independent then. So again, like it is so personal too. One thing I do want to say though, is if you're living at home and you want to move out someday, but you don't know how, or you're just feeling kind of stuck because you're in a routine, if you are feeling like the Rapunzel song from Tangled that says, when will my life begin? If you're feeling like Everyone that. Everyone on day 14 of quarantine. <laughs> truly. But like, I feel like if there's a, if you're wherever you're at in your life and you're feeling like, when will my life begin? There, I think there's a change that needs to happen. Yeah. Because you should be feeling like, I mean, obviously we all have ruts in our life, but if you're like feeling like every day that your life hasn't started yet, you know, you're living it, you know, you're living life every day. And, you know, there, there is, there are things you can do to start making those transitions like we've talked about, you know, and start like looking at places or, you know, thinking about budgeting, saving little bits of money, you know, every week and putting little things away or, Mm -hmm. you know, making sacrifices, you know, if you love to like go out and party, Think of, you know, this is pre-COVID, of course, but like the money you'd be spending on drinks and Ubers, if you were to put that away every week, you know, you could be putting that towards a down payment on an apartment for yourself. So there's always, you know, again, there's always pros and cons and choices you can make. And I think there comes a realization where you will have to make sacrifices. You won't ever be able to have everything that you want and no place will ever be perfect, but you know, you have to find the place for you where the pros outweigh the cons. And I guess I would say on that is it's all about like it might seem scary and uncomfortable but being uncomfortable is part of life and when you're just in your comfort zone and you're constantly feeling okay this is great comfortable fine but you're not challenging yourself in other aspects or you're not happy yeah like there's i think you have to accept part of the discomfort and that is part of life and that's how you change and how you grow you just have to come to the point where 
you know, you want to meet, you don't feel ready, but you're scared, but you want to do it anyway, because like Sierra said, like what you want outweighs that. And you have to just accept a part of the discomfort because that's part of the process and that's part of life. And you will, by challenging yourself and doing something that might scare you, like moving out, you will learn so much about yourself and grow so much as a person. And I think that's totally worth that. And also you can keep in mind, nothing you do in life is permanent. And if you move out and it's not right for you and you try it out, you give it a fair chance and you realize that it's not the right move, we've talked about before, like it's okay to go back and you can totally like reverse your decision and go back yeah. home or whatever it is. Um, so I think it's yeah. just making, keeping that in mind that nothing is permanent, but at least give it a shot and just kind of accept that being uncomfortable is part of it. But Yeah, being uncomfortable is where I've learned some of the best things about myself. Like I've learned you know, what, why I do certain things the way I do and what makes me uncomfortable and why and certain things about myself and why I don't like them and how to, how I want to work on them or, you know, just so many things that have come from putting myself in uncomfortable situations. And I'm not talking about going and putting yourself in danger on purpose, but I'm talking about like doing things that- Going to those events by yourself. Yeah, going to events by yourself, putting, doing things out of your comfort zone, trying a new kind of workout class that you think I have no skill in this, but like that will challenge you, Mm -hmm. you know, and you learn your limits and you know how to push those limits in a safe and encouraging way. Like I think that sometimes, again, like you said, if you wait until you're ready, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. So if you think that the pros of moving out outweigh the cons you know and you have the ability to and you've been you know saving some money and you have you know the ability to you know scrape by I say go for it but again I don't know your situation and everyone is different but that's just the choice that I made and I was really glad that I did yeah Um, I want to get to a question that my friend asked that I thought was really good is have you ever lost your sense of independence and then what did you do to get it back and I I can't fully speak to this, but I will say my experience this year with the pandemic, I did go back and live at home with my parents for, what was that, like three months? It was a good amount of time. It felt like a long time, but it was something that, you know, I never planned for that. I didn't expect that. Um, And not that you, if you do plan that, that that's like bad, but that just wasn't in my plan. But again, the pandemic has thrown all plans out the window. So um, it definitely was tough for me because I am so independent and crave that like living on my own and doing my own thing and blah 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 um and so I like obviously really cherish the time with my parents and love them and it wasn't about them and I am really lucky to still have a family situation where like I it is like a healthy place for me to live you know for an extended period of time which isn't the case for everyone but it is like still it seems like a trivial problem to have but just like I still felt that what you're saying about backtracking almost and thinking like well I'm not supposed to be here like this was this is how I felt in high school and just feeling that same mindset of being in that same environment and it is a tough feeling and sometimes you kind of I mean it is kind of an aspect of like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable because that was just like the best thing for me at the time and you kind of have to just give yourself grace and it's okay to feel like that Um, But I think you can still try and find other ways that can set yourself apart from those times where you weren't as independent. Like, okay, I'm going back and temporarily living with my parents again, but I'm not in high school now. And I am going to, you know, try and find routines and make, you know, routines with myself and going and doing things that were different or having, you know, make your own workspace Um, Like I have a friend who moved back home during the pandemic and she was working from home. And instead of, you know, working at her high school desk, she made a different desk 
in another part of the house that she didn't use before and just use it as her work desk and like little things like that that you can kind of construct your own new version like in the new normal or in the new sense of independence by trying to build that and carve that out for yourself um, and doing other things that you wouldn't have if you feel like you're backtracking. Uh, but that's just like one instance. I feel like there's a lot of different ways you could feel that you've lost your independence that I might not be able to relate to as in, you know, losing a job or something or, you know, you get into a serious relationship that feels like it's kind of infringing on your independence, kind of in relationships and emotional independence as well and how you feel independent while being so, you know, closely involved with someone else and when your lives intertwine and trying to like maintain that independence and when you feel like you've lost, like there's a healthy balance between, you know, living life with someone else versus you feel like it's infringing on your own independence. You know what I mean? Like it's a fine line. Yeah, or even not so fine of a line. Right, depending um, on the situation. Yeah, I, I think at some point, maybe I can do a whole episode on this at some point because I think it's part of what helped me grow into what I think is the best version of myself. But um, a couple of years ago, I got out of a super awful relationship and it was a short relationship, but short and awful. And <laughs> Not it, short and sweet, that's for sure. <laughs> no, and in that time, like this person I was with, like did everything in their power to like rip me down to like the smallest, meekest, shrinking violet that they possibly could. And that's not who I am. And, and I was trying to make you more dependent on that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was a completely emotionally manipulative and abusive relationship. And mm -hmm. again, I'm not going to get into the ins and out of that right now because that's not the theme of this episode. But I do think, you know, it would be an important episode for the future, you know, something to yeah. talk about that. At the time that I finally, you know, worked up the courage to end that relationship, I was like, I barely knew who I was and I felt so out of whack and I felt like I had spent the last couple months isolating from my friends and like, you know, this person didn't want me pursuing acting and like, you know, all these things about myself that like... We're I, so core to who you are. Yeah, I mean, very much that question is this is immediately what I thought of when, you know, she asked, you know, did something ever happen that made you lose your independence? Yeah, absolutely, because I was so wrapped into this person who was trying to get me to lose my independence because they were a manipulative a-hole. Mm -hmm. um, and after ending that relationship, it took me a long time to get that back. And what happened at the end of that was I decided like that day that I didn't owe anyone anything anymore. I didn't owe anyone a certain version of myself. I didn't owe anyone, you know, the time of day if they didn't respect me. You know, like it, it just very much shifted so much about my concept of like existing in the world and how it came back was time. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that's all you need, you know, not all you need, but like that there's not like a magic button that will just like fix everything. Or it's not like, oh, I needed to jump right into a new relationship or I needed a, a new job or like anything to fix it. Because sometimes it's all within you and it just takes time of like loving yourself and growing and learning and figuring out what didn't work and what you're not going to put up with anymore, mm -hmm. you know, on whatever that may be with your family, with a job, with, you know, whatever that, you know, I definitely went through that. And, you know, even though it was a horrible experience, I'm glad it happened because I like this version of who I am today, the best of any of the other versions of me that have ever existed. And some really wonderful events of my life have happened since then that I don't think would have happened if I wouldn't have 
gone through that and learned to be this version of me. Yeah. So. And I remember feeling so proud of you too when you thanks. like came to that res- Like it's one thing to always like want that for your friend to be like, I know that you're this, but then when you have that moment for yourself where you're like, I don't owe people this explanation or this like version of me or this level of nicety if they're not showing me the same respect, you know? Yeah. Like I think that was, I was really proud as Thank your friend. Thank you. Yeah. So I definitely experienced that and that can, um, be a perfect segue into our next category, which is relationships. And, you know, we got quite a few questions about, you know, how to start dating when you like want to be really independent, like do your own thing or how to give and take more in a relationship when you're like too independent and too much like a girl boss. And, you know, you feel like, you know, it's hard to let someone else in or on the other hand, how to keep your own independence when you are living with a significant other or when you're, you know, in a really serious relationship where you see that person all the time and you always want to be doing things with them, you know, how to keep your own me time and your own independence, you know? So those are a lot of complicated things. You know, all relationships are different. I think an important aspect when you're going into, you know, thinking about the balance between relationships and still being independent is that you don't, like, if it's the type of relationship that makes you feel like you're losing independence, then it you might question, like, if it's the right relationship. Because yes. you shouldn't be, like we talked about before, you should be 100% of you, 100% of someone else that come together and complement each other. And, you know... You're can, not two halves of a whole. You're both 100% you. And you're not sacrificing your own sense of self, your own goals, your career and your own friends to fit this other person. Like it should be a natural thing where both of your lives, if you're compatible, will fit together in a complementary way. And maybe some will overlap and you'll have like mutual friends, but they won't take away from you losing your other friends or it won't like make you spend less time pursuing your career. Like it should be a thing where you motivate each other and encourage each other. And it's more of a, like you both benefit each other's lives rather than you feel like you're sacrificing, oh, well, I should be spending more time with them. Like it shouldn't be like this push and pull necessarily where it's like too far. And it is a fine line because you do want to obviously like, you know, be there for them and be supportive and be a good half of the relationship without sacrificing yourself. Yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. There's a huge difference in like how, how you feel about that and that, you know, that you're not afraid of the person you're with or afraid that like your independence is too much for them or that, you know, they're clinging on to you or that you're clinging on to them or like that it's just you are two fully rounded 100% complete people Mm -hmm. that are together because you are choosing to be together not because you need each other you don't have to change any of your hobbies you don't have to change any of your loves or passions or your careers or anything you know that somebody should you know support that in you and you should support that in them you know and celebrate your differences while also um enjoying what you have together. So I think that you can keep your independence by still just being yourself while living with a significant other, but, you know, making sure that you have time for yourself. I'm a huge believer in like, you know, with my boyfriend and I, that we have, I have girl nights where like me and my friends will all go do stuff and he has his guy nights where him and his guys will go do stuff. You know, I don't necessarily think that everyone should spend time with each other like a hundred percent of the time Mm -hmm. you know that like having your own time to do your own things or I'll have a night where I want to go do something by myself or he'll want to you know do this by himself and I think that those are things are really important you know to helping people keep their independence and like remembering that like oh I have a life outside of this person right you know I think it's healthy for the relationship too because then it gives you room to miss the other person absolutely and that's really important like I think a lot of relationships grow 
a lot in the time that you're apart too in Mm -hmm. the time like growing to miss each other too and to live without each other and know what that's like versus you know always being together too like i think there's a balance um and some people like maybe you work together like your business partners and so that's super intertwined so it's really important to try and you know make an effort to build separate friendships that you can kind of like step back for you know a certain period of time or find different ways where you can be your own individuals but still like in your relationship and make it work Mm -hmm. for you and everyone is different but i think it is important to maintain you know who you were before as much as you are with them too exactly and i think that you know, it's good if, you know, people bring out the best in you. And I Mm -hmm. think that you can shift and learn to grow and change as you're like seeing how someone else deals with things or you're growing like, oh, I like that. I want to be more like that. But I think that's very different. You can still maintain who you are and your independence while still becoming the best version of you. Um, And I think, you know, someone wrote, you know, they're struggling with codependency and like codependency, I think means that you, you need that person to survive or like that you feel like you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And if you're having those feelings, I feel like that might be something to talk about with yourself or like look inward and, you know, have some self-awareness and say like, well, why do I feel like I need this person or that I can't do this alone or that like who I am alone is not good enough? Mm -hmm. You know, those are things you maybe need to work with yourself either through therapy or just by like self-realization, meditation, talking with a family member or a friend or like whatever makes you feel like you can get to that place of like, you know, self-awareness and asking yourself those questions to recognize, you know, like the steps to help yourself get to a place where you feel like you're 100% on your own right. and that somebody else just truly enhances your life and you're so grateful for them and you love them but that you are complete on your own and it's also kind of coming back to obviously like if you're in a happy healthy relationship you wouldn't want it to end but you have to think about what if that day were to come where that person isn't in your life anymore like being able to stand on your own two feet still mm-hmm. and still take care of yourself and obviously it's going to be like emotionally you're not going to be like happy about it like it's still gonna have a grieving period and it's gonna be hard but it's not hard to the point where your life falls apart because it was so intertwined independent on this person being in it or like doing certain things for you like you still should be able to be self-sufficient while but obviously like like we talked about also being able to ask for help and lean on them without putting your entire body weight on them at all times. Yeah, I think there's a huge difference in asking for help and having a person you love work through your problems with you versus forcing you either your significant other family member roommate whoever to be your therapist and like Mm. to to burden them with all of your deep traumas like that's more dependency that's less like sharing your load or or sharing your 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 feelings or that with someone who you love that's that's a heavier thing Mm -hmm. you know depending on someone for your own happiness you know when you are the source of your own happiness but you should be able to validate yourself exactly so this leads to the perfect next question which is post breakup how do you find your independence again and I think again you have to go to that place of asking yourself those questions and recognizing you know well maybe what was going on in the relationship that made me not feel independent and you know how do how do I find that version of me that I love and respect and care about and like you know it goes back to that thing we talked about earlier that like you are your you're not alone your company is yourself Mm -hmm. you know you're spending time with yourself you are your own company you are your own best friend and that by treating it as such it may help you to kind of grow and feel comfortable being with just yourself again yeah and I think it kind of goes back to like maybe if you feel like you had backtracked and lost a little bit of your independence, you can stop and think back to when you felt the most you before, when you felt the most happy and you felt the most independent and what 
aspects of your life were there that you're missing now and how you can try and like get back to that and do things that make you happy and do things that make you feel that sense of fulfillment and independence on your own again. Yeah, like what makes, what's your passion? Like what makes you feel like you come alive? Is it like going to concerts? Is it crafting? Is it, you know, doing like really unique makeup looks? Is it like, what is your thing that Mm -hmm. like makes you feel like you? And if you had lost that in a relationship, maybe try and find in your next relationship, find one where you still are fully able to do all those things that make you happy and maybe like your significant other also joins in on them or at least tries them even if it's not their favorite hobby and they suck at makeup like maybe it's still gonna you know what I mean like they can take your insta photos yeah exactly like finding things to do together that also celebrate both your your hobbies yeah exactly and uh one of the questions we got which is was kind of how to give and take when you're like really independent like how to learn to kind of figure that out that give and take and that was something I learned when uh, Jason and I moved in together because I we didn't like butt heads a lot but one thing and it's a small thing was decorating and I have always been so specific in my decorating style and I have been very much like this is how I want to do this this is how I want to do that like I want to have this color scheme I mean when I moved into my LA apartment I was so excited because it was you know my own room and I could decorate and like make it my own Mm -hmm. thing and when I moved in with Jason, you know, I was very much like, okay, like, this is my vision, and, like, I want this, and then he was like, well, wait a minute, like, I don't like that. And I like, was like, I also live here. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you don't want all white furniture? And he was like, no, like, that's super feminine. Like, I mean, I, I, it looks nice, but I would, I just, that's not really what I was looking for. Can we talk about a different idea? And I was like, like, <laughs> oh my god. I know this is a super trivial thing, but The point is, is I had not even considered like, oh, he needs to like it too. Like we're living together. And so that was kind of a realization. Compromise. Yeah. That like there is compromise that has to happen. And so I was like, okay, back to the drawing board. Like, let's talk about this together. Like what kind of, you know, furniture do you like? What kind of color schemes? Like, how do you feel about like, I was like, I want the bed on this wall. And he was like, "Mm, well, I, I'd prefer the bed on this wall. And I'm like, again, like, like how. Have you read a feng shui book? Yeah. So. (laughs) I feel like in relationships, I mean, I guess with friendships or romantic relationships, some people, like, they're just so independent. They're like, well, no, I just, like, I want to figure it out myself. Like, that's their style of Mm -hmm. figuring it out. So, like, I'd love to hear more of your perspective on that with, like, you know, feeling sometimes, like, if you are, like, too independent, like, when has that ever, like, run into trouble with you? I feel like I build it up in my head that I don't want to burden people with my problems, and I Mm -hmm. don't, like, I can just figure it out. I just want to handle it on my own, and I don't need to put that on someone else. Like, that's, like, I feel like when independence goes too far is sometimes, like, maybe you do need to reach out and be like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, I just need to talk about it or something like that, and that could actually make a big difference for you. Um, and I think there are times when it's like you have to find the right balance. And that was also another question we got was like being independent versus um, when you're, oh, I don't remember how exactly it was worded, but it was something about just like, um, you know, not being able to accept help kind of yeah. thing. And it is tough. And I think you just have to stop and look around and be honest with yourself and say, is it going to be better if I do this on my own or would this actually help me by enlisting the help of someone else or confiding in someone else in the situation? Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like when people come to you and say like, oh, I'm going through this and it really sucks and you like sit down and talk about it. Like, I don't think that you feel like you're being burdened with other people's problems. You just no, feel like I people don't. are coming to you, but then... Like, I'm happy to listen, but I just don't... 
But like the thing is, it like, doesn't it doesn't go both ways. That's the yeah. thing is you're feeling like for you like oh I'm happy to listen and talk through your problems with you, but my problems oh I'm burdening you. You know, so that's what I'm trying to discuss with you is kind of like that. Um, maybe that's something that like you struggle with, but like yeah, totally. Um, it isn't necessarily like always. I don't want to say like logical because I don't mean to be insulting, but it's more like we all like how we view stuff is different in our own minds. Yeah. You know, definitely asking for help and compromise, I think are huge parts of um, independence within relationships. Like on the good side that like always having it your way, like that's not independence. Like I think that's being selfish. Right. And I think that some people are like, oh, well I can only fit people in between four and 6 PM on weekdays. I'm like, well, is that independence and like you being a girl boss and like, or is that like, you not being willing not to, like, not budging, you yeah. know, not having give and take, and I feel like... That's tough. I definitely know of, like, people who... I've heard, like, so hardcore, especially today, I feel like with the internet and online dating and everything, where everyone has this sense of, like, oh, well, there's a million people out there, I'll find someone who fits my life perfectly, and like I said earlier, it's kind of contradicting, because, like, it should be complimentary, and you shouldn't feel like you have to sacrifice who you are, but there is a point where you need to give a little, and you're not going to find this person that's going to mold around you because you are two people. Like you have to mold around each other and you have to make small sacrifices, not necessarily your career and core beliefs, but you know, just like you're not going to only inconvenience them to fit you. Like you have to be able to do both. I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's like you have to mold together and not just only. I can't say what only fits my schedule, what only fits my way of living. Well, you know, I can only have white furniture. So if you won't do that, then. Yeah, on a small scale. Yeah, goodbye to you. It's kind of just like maturity and, you know, being independent, but not to a fault and being self-aware. I think self-awareness plays into that a lot. And we're kind of getting into. That transitions again to our, our last category, which is emotional independence. And I think emotional independence comes a lot with emotional maturity and emotional immaturity, I think is a huge, huge thing that will help people in all faceted way be independent because you will have dealt with the inside. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, it doesn't matter if the outside of the house is all shiny and you've got beautiful shutters and a nice front lawn and like all these beautiful things, but the inside of the house is like run down and trash. Like it doesn't matter. It's yeah. all for show. And so I feel like emotional independence and emotional maturity are some of the things that, you know, we can all work on as individuals that will really get us to a mentally and emotionally healthy place, which will then kind of help all the other things fall into place. Yeah. Um, and and so self-awareness is a big part of that. It's a big one. Like I mentioned, and it's important to be able to recognize, you know, am I either too dependent on other people and not making an effort to challenge myself enough to do more things on my own? Or on the flip, am I not as willing as I should be to allow other people to help me? And am I being too independent and too, you know, overzealous with my trying to be this independent person. Like you're trying to, find, to prove something. Yeah, you like know? you have to find the right balance and self-awareness is a big part of that. Um, I don't know how you would even say like how to be self-aware. That's like a big conversation. Well, it's just, it's acknowledging things within yourself. And sometimes it comes to, you know, things that happened in your childhood that were traumatic or upsetting or sad or that made you view the world in a certain way. But like acknowledging those and recognizing that, oh, maybe my view of the world or my lens is not universal. Mm -hmm. You know, that my, my view of the world is subjective to my experiences, but that could be affecting how I communicate with others. That could be affecting how I view myself. That could be affecting my insecurity, my validation, myself, like all these different things and having that kind of 
being able to look inward and say, is this me? You know, is this, you know, how I dealt with this issue? Was that my fault? Is, is how I reacted to that? Why did I have that kind of triggered reaction? Like, mm-hmm. those, I mean, we're getting into a, a broad thing here, but I think those are being willing to have those concept conversations with yourself. And I think a lot of self-awareness is acknowledging that you are not perfect. Yeah. And that and owning up to the mistakes that you exactly. make when and, you need to take ownership and when you're just like blaming other people too much. Exactly. You know, owning up to your mistakes and owning up to your own issues and your own trauma and your own view of the world. And, you know, when you hurt someone, acknowledging it was your fault or when you did something you shouldn't have, you know, recognizing that and figuring out how to, you know, what the next step is to move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think will help create this emotional independence because you have full independence and a grasp of who you are. Yeah, and ownership of yourself and your choices and everything. Exactly. Which goes to, like, where your validation is coming from, too. I think it kind of overlaps because it's, like, if you're, you know, blaming other people and worried about their perceptions and not being honest with yourself, then you might be, like, not getting that validation within yourself because you're not being honest with yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that you're looking for validation in the wrong places, you know, that you're trying to say, like, oh, oh well, I didn't do that wrong. Like, yeah. I must be okay. Like, you're trying to validate yourself by putting it on someone else almost. Yeah, or saying that, like, oh, well, I'm unhappy about this. It must be somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it must be because they did this or they did this when the reality is is, you know, you're upset about something else unrelated happening in your life, you know, that and it's coming out sideways. So, and that, that also, looping back to the beginning about being uncomfortable in public, being by just yourself, I think a lot of that is an issue of validation because maybe you have looked so hard for validation of others and when you're by yourself, you feel very looked at or you mm-hmm. feel very uncomfortable because, you know, you're so wrapped up in what other people think of you. So there's a, a lot of things that that is all connected But emotional independence, I think, is the hardest one to master or to get good at. But again, like, this isn't just a, you know, oh, you're grown up, you're 25 and independent now. Like, you have full emotional intelligence and maturity and everything is good. No, I certainly don't. Like, no one does. Like, I think this is part of just, like, becoming who you are throughout your entire life. Like, you're always going to be working on your emotional maturity and independence. But it is a big part of it to in being an independent person and relying on yourself is like having a healthy relationship and understanding of yourself too and as you grow up like you do gain perspective and hindsight on yourself and why you make certain decisions and why you react in certain ways and I don't know I think growing up like self-awareness comes um, but you have to like actively try to ask questions dig at the root of where things are coming from and you know things that you do and that'll kind of tie into your independence too mm-hmm. absolutely Anyway, this was a lot of things in this episode. I mean, I knew we were biting off a um, maybe more than we could chew with an independence episode because it is just a broad topic that covers so many different things and so many aspects of life. Um, But but it's been really uh, a pleasant surprise for me because when I first thought of, of an episode about independence, a lot of it that I pictured was like, Financial independence and moving out on your own. Like, those are, like, the two things that came to my mind. Because that's, like, the most important thing to you to feel independent. Well, yeah, and it's, like, the things, like, in my life, my struggles with independence as far as, like, when I think of, like, to a T, the definition of independence is, like, me picturing myself. I pay my bills. (laughs) Like, I pay my bills. I live in an apartment. I clean my own kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like, those kind of things. But independence is so multifaceted and it is such a huge thing that like a lot of people it means different things to different people like we said and that's why we got so much variety of questions and 
discussions that it really kind of opened my eyes to the, the true breadth of this topic, mm-hmm. which I think has been really interesting to go through. Right. So thank you guys so much for writing in. That was really helpful. Like she said, on just kind of broadening our own perspectives that are just our own experiences and hearing from you as to like what makes independence to you, what you assume about it and like what kind of things you might feel insecure about in your own life and how you don't feel independent. But again, like it's so important to, you know, put the horse blinders on in a good way this time and not compare yourself to someone else because they're Back probably those having, old horse blinders. Yeah, they're probably having their own struggles about like you may see them traveling on their own and they feel insecure about another life or another part of their life where they don't feel independent or vice versa. You know, like they may be looking at you and think, wow, she's so independent and you don't feel that way because you feel insecure about another part. So yeah. It's totally relative and hopefully this discussion kind of like helped you guys out and recognizing that other people are feeling the same way as you. And not everyone is at any time probably going to feel 100% secure and independent and at the right place where they're just like, I've made it. I am this, you know, totally evolved independent person now. Adulthood complete. (laughs) And also that like, you know, we all have our own struggles and so many people are going through things that you have no idea about. You know, that again, like it's so easy sometimes to like judge other people for their either heavy independence or lack thereof and that, you know, we're all going through our own struggles and everybody's situation is different and to just approach everything with again your situation is you're not race it's not a race Mm -hmm. you know we're all in this on our own time and that you know exercise compassion yeah give yourself grace give other people grace too don't be too quick to assume have grace be like the mashed potatoes take a big serving for yourself pass them around the table take another serving it's almost thanksgiving (laughs) almost anyway thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next week with another Fabulous episode, I'm sure. Fabulous, yes. <laughs> Always fabulous here I don't at Fingers know why crossed. I chose that Fun. word that is like opposite of a word that describes anything in my life. But I feel like I would use the word fabulous yes. all the time. And what would you say? Well, I was about to say fun episode, but I was like, that's so generic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. And follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Fingers Crossed Pod. And if you're enjoying this episode and the podcast in general, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you're not subscribed already. And as always, have a great rest of your day and keep your fingers crossed. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.